Today, it is us against the machines, the robots, and computers. They're here, and they are coming for our art. It is like the comic book version of the Borg. They are assimilating our music. They are assimilating our movies. And they are about to assimilate our comic books. What are we going to do about this? Well, we're going to talk about it at length on an all-new edition of Rob's Observations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Rob's Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. As Rob Liefeld, the comic book illustrator, I have made thousands of comic books. I have published thousands of comic books. I have drawn thousands of comic book panels. I have drawn thousands of comic book pages. So I've been making uh, cartoons, comics for 37 years. You might have heard of some of them. Deadpool, X-Force, Cable, Youngblood helped start launch launch the very first image comic which is funny somebody the other day didn't didn't know that they, they had another comic they thought launched image comics interesting stuff actually and ironically launched in the month of april when i am speaking into this microphone talking to you at this time been around the block uh written drawn inked uh published produced and yes even went to the printer and printed those comic books. They are my obsession. They are my passion. Uh, longtime listeners know uh, that I have a love affair with comics that uh, goes back to my very young childhood. Seven years old is is uh, where I really first became regularly addicted. Comics had come in and out of my life. Prior to that, I can I can remember comics in 72, 73 very vividly, but it, it, I mark 74 as like the regular uh, the, the period where I became a regular consumer of comics. Yes, seven. There wasn't a whole lot going on back in 1974, people. You you certainly didn't have Game Boys, game consoles. You did not have the internet. You did not have uh, iPhones, computers, personal computers. The only computers you saw were on TV in the government basements, giant, you know, as as big as city blocks or or at the very least as at the very least as big as a school bus that they would uh you know compute with and it would go on, on the computer remember you know that, that that's the feedback we've got to wait for the computer to give us the readout so just remember 1974 super boring skateboards bikes staying out all night i've detailed how i lit my entire arm on fire with kerosene uh lighter fluid and 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 i was just just so you know standing in the middle of my sandbox when I did it and did a quick dive once it singed all the hair off my um, little arm, but I was okay because I had, I had, uh, this was, this was all inspired by the way, by Gene Simmons and kiss and, and my neighbor, my neighbor, uh, boys that, 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 that they were, uh, there was four brothers that lived uh, next to me when I lived on a, on a street in, in Broadway, Broadway and Magnolia in Anaheim. And they, uh, <laughs> They were telling me how Gene Simmons would blow the fire out of his mouth because you also have to understand Kiss was a very important part of of this this period of my childhood. Uh, that you know, as a Baptist, as a young Baptist minister, if I was even caught looking at a uh, Kiss picture in the newspaper or a magazine, because I certainly wasn't looking at it on an internet screen. Remember this, uh, or or if if I was looking at at a an a uh, album of Kiss. In the record store, yes, yes, they had record stores. Records are albums 
LPs. They sold them uh, just just like you find comic books in 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 uh, you know back issue bins. It was you would go buy a record later a cassette. Okay, this is this is awesome because I'm really feeling my old oats today, which is which is good because we're really about to talk about something super far advanced. So 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 uh, indulge me as I as I sail through the 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 70s maybe maybe the greatest decade of all and yes here's the deal here's the deal i lived through the 80s i've 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 had this discussion with my family okay so 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 if i'm 7 very vividly in 1974 and 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 you know i i don't turn uh into a teenager until 19 you know 19 late 1980 october of of 1980 i turn 13 so my childhood is my 70s, then my teenage years are the 80s. I, I lived in both worlds, and I will go back to the 70s before I go back to the 80s every single time. Okay, just, just, just putting it out there. But if I looked at a Kiss album in a record store, uh, I, had a, uh, I had one of my parents, they're kings in Satan's service, because you know they had that whole religious right after them. Poor, poor Paul, poor Gene, poor Peter. Uh, I, I lit my arm on fire. So come on, this, this, these are the times we lived in. You had to, you had to really uh, just kind of work hard to entertain yourself. And and nowadays we don't. Uh, how many of you like me are so thrilled on a Sunday morning when you get that flash on your iPhone? Okay, I, I, I don't have any any other smartphones, but, but but the iPhone. And when you get that message and it says your screen time was down nine percent this week. Oh man, breakthrough! breakthrough my computer is telling me that i lived a delicious life last week i was not as addicted to my iphone as i was the week before and i am certain that in the weeks to come it'll say your screen time was up 10 percent last week and then you go oh i'm just a lousy person i'm I'm a terrible i'm a terrible human how am I spending so much time on this screen? And literally, how is that possible if my TV is also on at the entire the entire time? What is really getting my my attention? My my left eye is looking at the screen. My right eye is looking at the iPhone. Can, can we can we split that up? Can we get that percentage to favor uh, me so I don't feel so lousy about how much I looked at my iPhone? And then of course you get it on your iPad too. Your screen time went up. Your screen time went down. So what? One of the subjects, the subject, the primary subject that we're going to discuss today, it's timely. There is no way back machine today. We, we, we just did that. If you, like, if you like the way back part of the show, well, that happened. Uh, we talked about Kiss. We talked about lighting our arms on fire uh, via kerosene oil. I don't, I don't even remember the podcast that I outlined that. That's going to be on you to find. But it's because I was trying to be Johnny Storm, the human torch at, at that moment, but it was based on the Gene Simmons hearing that he had kerosene packs in his mouth that he would squish and then blow the fire, which is why he could blow like a flamethrower out of his mouth. It was amazing stuff. You had to be there. Uh, the The detailed version of that story where I lit my arm on fire is somewhere in the Rob Observations podcast universe. Thank you so much for listening. There is a phenomenon. It is sweeping through uh, the arts. I love that word, the arts. See, I'm an artist, writer of comic books. And so I get to work in the arts, the same arts that my son uh, works in when he is acting and he is performing, whether it's on stage or 
you know, in front of a camera for a streaming show or an upcoming movie. We're all in the arts together. You're wielding, I, guess I, I use wielding a camera, uh, running on the beaches, filming Tom Hanks as if he's in Normandy. Uh, it, in, in Saving Private Ryan, you are in the arts. If you are belting into that microphone, you are in the arts. And the arts are under fire. They are under assault over this pesky little thing called artificial intelligence, AI. You've all heard it. You've all used it. You're like, oh crap, this is where I am outed as being an obsessed AI, AI artist. As I come to this microphone today, I am rocked by the news that there is a song that has been generated by, by, by AI that, uh, that, that, that features, that features uh, I think it's, is it Drake and The Weeknd? And it is, it is burning up right now on the charts and neither The Weeknd nor Drake had anything to do with recording this. But this is the world that we live in now. This is the world that we are living in. A Basically, one of the hottest things being discussed this weekend, at least on my feed, at least on, on, on my, you know, Twitter, Twitter news tracker is that, that, that somebody recorded this badass song by Drake and The Weeknd. So, so here's the deal. Called Hard on My Sleeve, this track simulates the two stars trading versus about pop star and actress Selena Gomez, who previously dated The Weeknd. So the creator of this song that has cloned the voices of Drake and The Weeknd has gone viral on social media. And the writer is, the creator of the song is named Ghostwriter. He claims the song was created by software trained on the musicians' voices. Uh, somebody has written, you know, under, under the song's link, this is only the beginning. We are living in a new era, responded another listener. I can't even tell what is legit or what is fake anymore. This is the first example of AI-generated music that has really wowed me, added McKay Wrigley, an AI developer on Twitter. So this song, this song, Hard on My Sleeve, which, which again, artificially uh, simulates the Drake, Drake and The Weeknd, it is, it is a synthetic product it is it is not from drake or the weekend but but from cloning of their voices and then creating their own music was released on on friday april 14th and it has viewed it has been viewed more than 8.5 million times on tiktok and the full version has been played over 250,000 times on spotify and uh it is not a perfect song. This this news report uh, re- reads, it uh, has a scratchy, low-quality vibe of a bootlegged demo, and the vocals are sometimes stuttered and glitchy. Neither artist has responded to this um, song yet, and, and, and one, the article says, this is the final straw of AI. Uh, Drake has, has, uh, has expressed his displeasure and wrote... Uh, this is the final straw of AI on Instagram. 
So uh, Drake's complaint came after Universal Music wrote to streaming services, including Spotify and Apple, asking for them to prevent pre- prevent this uh, pre- prevent AI from accessing their library. So, long story short, uh, let's call let's call it tip of the iceberg. It's not the first fake IA track, but it's like the one that has everybody buzzing and the one that seemingly sounds the most real. There have been uh, deep fake tracks by Rihanna. There have been deep deep fake uh, deep fake uh, AI tracks by Kanye, but it opens up this, uh, doorway even further. And the doorway was swung wide open for me on my radar with AI art. Uh, it got swung open. I'd say early summer, late fall started taking over and you start, you, you started seeing that obviously is a version of the, the, the music. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I listened to the track. It sounded pretty cool. I, I, I absolutely hate saying that, but let, why are we surprised? Computers can simulate stuff, right? And, and really, that's the nitty and the gritty of what we're going to discuss here at length for a period uh, during, during Rob's observations today. Art produced by computers grabbing from multiple influences and making them instantaneously is an incredibly uh, impressive feat. It it is. It, there is no doubt about it. It's it's an incredible act uh, to create AI art. We're going to get into what exactly is AI art in just one second. But the thing about the music, about the 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 Drake and the Weekend collaboration, the the thing that like you don't get wowed by the deep fake videos, especially those deep fake videos with Tom Cruise that have been airing for years. Are are really spectacular. They grab your attention. You share them with friends. We were literally uh, out on a date night, my wife and I, with our other you know friends about two three years ago, and they said, "Hey, come on, come on in. We're gonna we're gonna call up these. Have you seen all these deep fake videos?" And and it was I had seen a couple of them, but I didn't know how how deep they went. Like like how many uh, actual videos this person had made uh, mapping you know digitally Tom Cruise's face on his you know, onto his own performance and making all these crazy Tom Tom Cruise videos where he says nutty things and, and it looks just like Tom Cruise. I know you've seen this. I know it's not just Tom Cruise they've done this with, but these were incredibly impressive and 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 highly entertaining. And of course, you know, I was watching the behind the scenes of Avatar 2 just this past weekend. Really enjoyed Avatar. Avatar 2 have been very open about that here on the show. And and watching again the mocap performances the pre-vis when when they are literally uh you know just filming the actors with their giant headgear and and their suits and and the thing that really struck me is how many more dots there are on uh on on all of their faces now and especially you get around that lower cheek to uh upper mouth lower lip area and and then the nose where where our faces crinkle and where you know, our faces really, you know, react to when we speak and the face contorts and the nose moves and the mouth, all, all of those very sensitive areas are, are carefully basically mapped on your face, mapped out, mapping, which is, you know, when they film it, then they put it into the computer so that the computer can then, as they simulate, you know, a Navi face over your face, they are really going in on all of the different movements of the mouth, 
The crinkle of the nose, obviously, up, up, up with the eyes is, is incredibly important. But, you know, it's, it's, it's so much of what's happening on the face that they, and the mouth area, upper cheeks, is, 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 is where our faces do so much of their work creating expressions. So I get that, that over time, over 25 years, somebody took that and was able to put, their own, put that into their own personal computer with all of the different Tom Cruise performances and make all of these very funny deep fakes where, I mean, literally Tom Cruise is outside your, your front yard talking to you or walking through the park and it looks and it sounds just like him. So that was the tip of the iceberg and that, that's, that's pre-pandemic. So, so sitting with our friends and watching this goes back four or five years. And it's why when, and I turned to my wife and, and, you know, I said to her way back then, I said, this technology is such that it's going to become possible to, uh, see, see, I think people think, well, I'm going to make this and I'm going to put a famous person in this and then allege that they are uh, doing something they shouldn't. Well, my entire outlook on that is, let's say, okay, let's say for, for, let's say for argument's sake, you are a, uh, you are someone who says you have the president doing a very bad deed and you've caught it on camera. And you can simulate that the camera was up in the roof, maybe a hidden camera. Cause you, I mean, that's, that's simple. I, I imagine these guys who are high tech, um, you know, experts can take something like the, the aerial view, which is what it would be of a, of a, of a camera lens and, and then have that curvature on the lens, uh, take that and then make it as if the footage was caught. Somebody was caught in the act on that footage and let's make it a famous person, a politician, whatever. Well, I believe that that can be done. And if I was that politician or that, or that actor who suddenly had some, somebody come out and say, Hey, I've got, you know, footage of this guy doing a bad deed. And, and let's for argument say it was real. It's real hotel footage of somebody doing a bad deed. That person now, more than ever, can double down and say, that's somebody deep faking me. That is not me. I categorically deny it because someone has wanted to hurt me so bad that they put me in this compromising position with this incredibly uh, potent artificial intelligence technology. I mean, we are really right there on the precipice of being able to throw all of that in question, whether it was real or whether it's fake, and I think this technology is going to help a lot of people uh, mask certain bad deeds because they can then go and argue, hey, that was deep faked. Come on. It was by this guy. These people are trying to hurt me. And then you're going to have people trying to defend and disprove uh, the use of artificial intelligence in creating perhaps a compromising incident. I really believe it's going to, it's going to flip the script. It's people who think, that this can be used in one manner are going to have to be prepared to defend people who accuse it of it being used in the opposite manner. Okay. So again, politician, they say, Oh, I, I was, I was caught on camera doing that. This is, this is, you know, very questionable. I then lean in and say, that's a deep fake, but the technology that's out there that, that exists and is out there today that is trying to hurt me. So anyway, look, the, the future part of, part of what I'm saying here is, is bleak, but let, let, let's, uh, 
you know, let, let's put at least put our sunglasses on and act like it's bright and shiny, uh, uh, bright and shiny days ahead, and the, and that the computers are not in fact coming to kill us. Uh, so so, <clears throat> in terms of AI art, everything I've told you already is in fact AI art, but. We've discussed AI art in music, which is burning up in like the literally days within I am days within the period that I'm recording this podcast that I'm about to share with you. This this Drake and Weekend song is has become a hot topic all 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 through the last several days, and I I I, I imagine it's gonna it's gonna get another level of engagement given that this broke late on a Friday and by probably late tomorrow or, you know, Tuesday, the today show is going to be running something on it. Good morning, America, CNN, whatever it's, it's going to get mainstreamed. And then, and then more people will be discussing it, but we've also discussed the deep fakes, how I believe they're going to continue to work. I mean, look, the first go around with, with, with Mark Hamill reprising his role as Luke Skywalker on the Mandalorian was, uh, was fun. It was great. I, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, but of course, there were immediately people that said it could be done much, much better. And in fact, the second time that he showed up in the Book of Boba Fett episode with the Mandalorian, where he goes back to see Grogu and we get a much more extended visit with young Mark Hamill playing Luke Skywalker, you know, seemingly 20, 30 years ago, longer. It was even more impressive because the deep fake people did come in contact with the Lucasfilm people and they merge their efforts to make it even more convincing. So you guys, you guys get it. You've dealt with these. You've thought about all of the possibilities. Things you can create, things you can deny are both going to become more pre- prevalent, prevalent, sorry, prevalent because of this, uh, this deep fake AI intelligence. But in terms of art, I saw a ton of AI art explode across my social media and, and it, nowhere was it more preva- prevalent, boy, doubling down on prevalent today uh then on facebook i saw so much more of it I'd, I'd see a heavy dose on twitter but but man it was an avalanche on facebook what is an ai art generator let me tell you an ai art generator is a computer program that uses artificial intelligence algorithms such as machine learning and neural networks to create or generate artwork automatically these algorithms analyze and learn from the large data sets of existing artwork to generate new and unique pieces of art. We can debate new and unique in that sentence in a minute. But again, for, 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 uh, for getting to know you, for becoming familiar, uh, you know, basis, we're, we're just going to read this. I think this is a good definition. That's why I'm sharing it with you. Kind of, if you're like, what is AI art? I, I, I have, I'm too busy dropping the kids off, going to work. Uh, getting my comic books and watching my favorite show. I don't have time. What is Liefeld talking about? AI art. Well, if you are in that set, that's who I'm reading this for. Uh, The AI art generator can produce various forms of artwork, paintings, drawings, sculptures, even music. The process of creating art with AI involves feeding a large amount of data into the algorithm, training it to recognize patterns and features of the artwork, and then generating new pieces based on the learned features. AI art generators have gained popularity in recent years and have been used in various fields, including advertising, design, and entertainment. They offer a unique way to explore creativity and push the boundaries of what is possible in art. However, some critics argue that AI art AI generated art lacks the emotional depth and human touch of traditional art 
created by human artists. So for our subject here today, we just want to get that out of the way. What is AI art and what is an AI art generator? So the the key things here are it's a computer program using algorithms such as machine learning and neural networks to create and generate artwork automatically. These algos analyze and learn from the large data sets of existing artwork to generate again, questionable new and questionable unique pieces of art. It can produce paintings, sculptures, drawings, even music. Again, the, 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 the fine print here says the process of creating art with AI involves feeding a large amount of data into the algo, the algorithm, training it to recognize patterns and features of the artwork and then generating new pieces based on the learned features. So look, this, so this topic is so wide reaching. It, for the last 10 years, I remember uh, one of the studios or maybe a Special effects house, somebody who does this kind of stuff was talking to the John Wayne estate. John Wayne, for those of you who don't know, was the greatest uh, Western cowboy hero in the history of cinema. He has not yet been usurped, I would say, knocking on his door underneath is Clint Eastwood. But John Wayne, hey, partner. Now, John Wayne's grandson performs as the Mandalorian in every single episode going back to uh, season one. I'm sure you are, are, are aware of that and you are not like my wife getting this news for the first time. Wait, John Wayne's grandson is is in that costume? Yes, Pedro Pascal flies in, flies out. If the helmet's going off, of course, he's going to be under it for that scene, but it's now common knowledge in all the sites and and they've talked about it. And I think Lucasfilm people are comfortable giving the son of John Wayne, uh, who, come on, is it Thomas? I'm sorry, I should have prepared. I I, I didn't expect to invoke this so fast, but John Wayne has uh, obviously a tremendous legacy with his family, but he himself was a staggeringly popular cowboy western hero i i can't even uh begin to share with you all the john wayne westerns that were on my television growing up and he was quite a celebrated character there was a company i believe that was talking to his estate about getting his rights so that they could make new john wayne movies especially the deceased actors this always comes into play in the family is uh who who has the rights to the likeness if if in fact they do have the rights to the likeness are going to increasingly be in talks with people to you know bring new adventures of deceased artists because they're going to be able to with with exactly as as we've discussed the the Mark Hamill Luke Skywalker of the Mandalorian the Tom Cruise deep fake videos that make us all laugh so this this is such a wide ranging topic we could go hours and hours we're gonna we're gonna hone it back we've we've talked about music drake weekend the deep fakes tom cruise mark mark hamill the possibility of new john wayne and and other actors elvis who are long gone but we're gonna hone the focus towards comic books and comic book artwork and it is in the fall mainly really september october november december i saw so much because come on if you and so many of you don't illustrate and don't draw, you saw this as an opportunity to create some cool art and you can speak into it and you can, you know, start generating artwork by speaking into some of these, uh, some of these AI art generators. We also will be speaking of chat GP, whatever that is, uh, which everyone's using to, to write stuff. That that it, it, 
if we, if we do that, that's a completely different episode. Obviously there's, there's artificial intelligence that is able to create a lot of different art right now, but back to the actual illustrations and, and, and learning that you can make art. Well, a lot of you immediately jumped on and used mid journey, which was the most popular, uh, application. A lot of people signed on. They got the free trial. They got four weeks, four weeks to make cool comic art that they loved. So this, you know, may not surprise you, but I tried it. You haven't seen one single piece of AI art that I shared with you because I didn't share it with you. I didn't share it, period. But of course, I'm going to dance and see what everyone's doing and, 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 and see what is the feeling when you, when you make this AI art happen, when you construct it. But immediately in the fall of 2022, we started seeing uh, all manner of different interpretations of popular characters, of popular, you know, art styles that were being merged to create new art styles. I saw radically, you know, different versions of Superman, Batman. I saw Thor, Spider-Man. Star Wars characters, manga characters, anime, Planet of the Apes. I saw all of it. If you tap just AI art into your Facebook, wherever you are, you're going to get a ton. You're going to get a ton. You're going to get some scary, realistic, um, what I call um, manga women. Um, But As as I look through so much of of this AI art that has been generated, some of it uh, is is incredibly incredibly impressive. Some of it, the stuff that actually incorporates line art into it, is is uh, is is uh, some of it is is really frighteningly well drawn, but also also it is limited. I've, I've, I've told this story before, and I think this is some, one of the things going on with AI art. When I was in junior high and I would bring my sketchbook and I would bring my sketchbook to places such as church and, and, and get away with, uh, drawing it. And if I couldn't, uh, people at my church will tell you, I drew in the back of the hymnals where you would have your songs that you sing at church, your, what they call hymns and and the, the back of every hymnal had three to four open pages and I would draw on the backs of those as well. But one one particular weekend, there's a theme park out here called Knott's Berry Farm. They have a Knott's Berry Farm chicken dinner restaurant. And it is a still people love to go there and and they think that fried chicken is the best. The restaurant in its heyday in the late 70s, our church would rent out once a year and have a big giant church social at the Knott's Berry Farm church chicken dinner restaurant. I was seated next to another uh, artist who was seven, eight years older than, than me. My sister was seven years older than me. So he, I knew him from that circle. And he was a very accomplished artist getting into the, the world of commercial art and drawing, you know, and d- designing pieces for different clients, logos, illustrations. Very talented young man. Seven, seven eight years older than me. He saw me drawing a superhero in my sketchbook and he said hey let me look at that and he grabbed it he looked at it he observed it he said, this this isn't bad now can you turn him all the way around you know can can you can you turn this figure left right center back forward top bottom and 
and, and pull this shot off from every possible angle. And I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's a really good like challenge. I understood what he was doing. My, my seventh, eighth grade self took this college, uh, challenge to heart. And, uh, and I, and I got it because he said, once, once you're able to draw him from every angle, you will have mastered this. Okay. Um, and, uh, I feel with AI art, a lot of the stuff that I'm looking at always looks good from the one basic angle. I am looking right now uh, from March of this past year, a uh, some AI from an artist who took two comic book artists named Kenneth Rockefort and Simone Bianchi, both of whom have done tons of mainstream comic book work, hugely talented. Uh, he has shared honestly with 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 his art the inspirations that he put in creating these pieces but each and every one of these pieces is a direct shooting the figure straight forward i am reminded of what that that collegian said to me when he said can you turn this figure can you shoot it up down all around left right center and maintain the same amount of detail and the same amount of representation that you have from this straight on shot and when the the ai moves the figures i i feel like sometimes it uh it loses it gets this one basic shot and then eventually it uh the other angles that are offered up are not as as uh, are not executed with the same certainty and and for lack of a better word, the same panache, the same polish. Some artists have wrote have written how disheartening this is when they see art that is so obviously sourced. So I'm going to tell you right now that, that the most sourced artist that I've seen using AI, and especially when it comes to DC and Marvel heroes and versions of Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Thor, Hulk, Captain America, all of them, is Alex Ross, the acclaimed painter Alex Ross. And when I was doing my own AI art, I was contacting, I contacted someone who I thought had done it really well on Facebook. And he said, use all these prompts. The prompts is what you're going to get to, uh, to make the art. The prompt that you type in is going to get you your result. And you're going to say, hey, I want this done a certain way and you type it into the mid journey and if you haven't done this it is quite the, the spectacular part about it is how fast it gives it back to you and you're like holy crap my phone via the ai in my phone via this app via this membership on this website has just created this incredible piece for me in a matter in a matter of seconds when when i say prompts and this is what you type into your mid journey let, let me let me share with you uh, what a prompt reads like. So be 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 uh, be be patient with me. It's a podcast. I'm saying this, and and so just just uh, when you type into your mid journey, uh, this is the kind of reaction, or or this is the kind of detailed description you put in to the prompt. So it starts with the character's name. Let's say Batman. Okay. Here was a typical prompt. 
that I was witnessing. Because when I investigated this and I talked to other people about making my own AI art, I sought out guys who I thought were doing it the best and they very discreetly contacted me and said, do this. So I'm going to share with you. So let's say Batman, okay? This is a prompt. Batman in fantasy medieval armor, whole character. Every, every, after every description is a comma. Whole character, comma, manga, comma, manga style, comma, photorealistic, comma, photorealistic painting, comma, very complex, comma, photoreal, comma, ultra detailed, comma, ultra high quality photograph, comma, exquisite detail, comma, high resolution, sharp focus, comma, hyperrealistic, comma, 8K, comma, cinematic, cinematic, comma, color grading, comma. So you're going to hear a comma after everything. I'm just going to keep going. Ultra wide angle, hyper detailed. Beautifully color-coded, insane details, intricate details, beautifully color-graded, unreal engine, cinematic, color-grading, editorial photography, photography, super resolution, megapixel, pro-photo RGB, natural lighting, moody lighting, cinematic lighting, beautiful lighting, global illumination, glowing, shadow, shimmering, ray-traced, ray-tracing, ambient occlusion, anti-liaising, F-K-A-A, all in caps, all in caps, T-X-A-A, all in caps, R-T-X, R. S-S-A-O, then shaders, open GL shaders, G-L-S-L, shaders, gel shading, tone mapping, CGI, VFX, SFX, insanely detailed, intricate, hyper-maximalist, elegant, hyper-realistic, super detailed, dynamic pose, photography, hyper-realistic. He then sent me another version of this, which in the middle of it says, Art Germ, Alex Ross and all of the other artist names that this person wanted incorporated. And and he just threw it into the middle of what I just showed you. This is quite a paragraph. And then towards the end of, again, it says ultra detailed, intricate details, 8K, volumetric lighting, HDR, V4, 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 V4. And uh, that is a prompt. What I just told you, you heard all about hyper-realistic pose, 4K, lighting, um, so I use this. I, I, I would do this. I would do this for extreme characters, characters that I own in my catalog. I also put different actors' names in as well with different artists along with the prompt that I just shared with you. And I got instantaneous messages. I got futuristic versions of my extreme warriors. I got versions of my characters uh, from different actors. And I get it. I I immediately understood what everyone was going crazy about. And this mid-journey is is not messing around. And from what I've seen, I look, I put headgear, I I put lighting. I am actually on my phone now flipping through. These are images from November with different actors, different lighting, uh different schemes, and also I used different different generators uh as as there are a few different options that you get. And these came up instantaneously. I'm going to tell you, I was sitting there very bored as I have a friend. We have a friend here. I'm a longtime Rams fan, crazy Rams fan since I was a kid. 1980, Vince Ferragamo lost the Super Bowl, but started my absolute love affair with the Rams. Uh, Had season tickets when they were in Anaheim. Obviously stayed with them when they went to St. Louis. Didn't get as butthurt about it as everybody else. And then welcomed them back. And and I've been to, to see them at SoFi. And... Can I just say this sidebar? They've never lost when I've been in a game. I've seen seven games at SoFi. 
since the pandemic. All victories. Am I am I the special, the secret, the secret toxin? Maybe. Okay, so a friend of ours is obsessed. He has a giant Rams limousine. He takes everybody up there. On this particular night, I was his guest. He likes to get to the to get to SoFi to get to the Rams game super insanely early. And in the the evening of the Rams Raiders game, we left uh, insanely early and got our space and had the tailgating and the and uh you know all, all, all manner of uh, hacky sack and all, all all food games frisbees footballs. But in that period, I was getting bored and went in sat in the Rams limo and started creating more of these images. And, and, and so I have them all coming across my screen at the time because this is when I was doing the most uh, investigating about this. And again, I am using these ridiculous prompts. Now you go, Rob, that's a lot. Yeah, but when you just copy and paste those prompts and then change it, change the actor, insert at. So, you know, the character name at the top, I, I said Batman. But maybe for mine, I said prophet. Maybe for mine, I said uh, John Battlestone. And then I put an actor. And then I put different art styles to go along with all of those ridiculous prompts um, that I just read to you. And it was in a matter of, again, not even a full minute. So let's call it seconds. Boom, the image came up. Boom, the image came up. And I would sit there and be like, wow. And yes, for a moment, did my mind wander and say, can I get a variant cover out of this? But at that point, then I am utilizing art that has been compromised because I know the people that it's taking the art. I don't know Art Germ. I saw him signing near near me at a convention, uh, maybe 2021, Chicago C2E2, if, if memory serves. I've met Alex Ross. I've had dinner with Alex Ross. I've dined with Alex Ross. I've hung out with Alex. I, I, I feel like it would be an attack on him to publish these, but I experimented them with them. Well, I exper- <laughs> I experimented with these prompts, which utilize their art. Now, of course, the community of artists got terrified. They got scared. The pe- my peer group, oh my gosh, what is this? This is frightening what it's capable of. It is frightening what it's capable of. Make no doubt about it. And the part I said a few minutes back about turning it, that will be conquered in due time. But at this moment, I speak of this moment, the limitations are obvious. It can give you a couple of great shots. But uh, I haven't seen all of the different angles turned to where I'm as convinced as the first most, the, the, the first and best uh, version of this. Look, the best version of the AR that I've seen, uh, a guy did all of these crazy uh, shots, images, pieces from like Disneyland in the 1970s and he made all the you know characters that walk around like Mickey Mouse Goofy Winnie the Pooh Tigger he made them evil and people running away scared from all of them throughout the Disneyland park and it's really funny it's very imaginative in in the way the ideas are executed and the concepts themselves but it's impressive like everyone is there are some like little kids on the laps of a tigger that looks like it's going to rip this kid's face off and some pictures of goofy that are frightening like like really scary and mickey mouse and minnie mouse and people running from them in the park and they there is i'd say three quarters of each image looks like it's a photo and then you see the edges and certain elements in it that look like it's fake but it's impressive 
And I don't know how fast that this person generated this, but I was impressed with the imagination. And I can't imagine how being someone who does not draw, and I mentioned this a minute ago, being able to now, I don't have to hire an artist, you're thinking. I don't have to hire anybody to imagine my comic, my my work. Now, there's a guy who made a comic. He sold it. I think it's on on Etsy or he sold it on eBay or maybe he kickstarted it, but he's done an, an artificial, an AI comic book already. I think I saw it covered on the news before the holidays. So people have already you know, taken this, but that comic that I saw looked like a bunch of photos. It looked like a series of photos taken uh, in order to construct uh, a comic book. Like, And it was very Alex Ross, Norman Rockwell looking painted. And in, in, in and of itself, it is an impressive achievement. But the way that it got there is compromising existing artists. There's just no escaping the fact that these images are borrowing from artists as acclaimed as Alex Ross, as some really popular VF, VFX uh, artists, some guys from Lucasfilm, uh, borrowing from, from Art Germ, borrowing from all these different sources. Now, again, the Disneyland stuff is among the most impressive I've seen. Uh, there was one guy who did a steampunk version of Dune, and that looks really cool to me too, except... The Dune stuff is 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 uh, indicative of a lot of what I've seen, and I think a lot of you who have also seen AI art, as you're listening to me, will will understand what I'm about to say. And what I'm about to, uh, what I'm about to say is that a lot of this stuff, whether it's the steampunk Dune or the steampunk Flash Gordon stuff I've seen, or the newfangled futuristic versions of Superman, Batman, the Justice League, uh, they look very waxy like someone sprayed, you know, oil on them. Uh, they are super shiny, super waxy. That, that doesn't mean that, because we like glossy stuff and we like colorists. I know I do in my business that, that give me a nice gleam and a nice shine some, sometimes. So I have nothing against the shiny and the waxy aspect of it. Other than when you see hundreds of these same images and they're all waxy and they're all shiny, uh, it, it kind of lessens the appeal. There is a sameness right now as I speak to this AI art. And you can say, no, 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 Rob, there's, there's, there's some, look, I've seen all the exceptions. And the stuff that incorporates line art is the stuff that is the most impressive to me. The painting stuff, which, which dances between photorealistic Alex Ross painting and, you know, some different painting techniques, painterly techniques on top of it, whether it's watercolor or gouache or, or, or whichever technique you're, you're applying, that all dances in this waxy, uh, shiny place. But again, we're we're at the we're in the infancy of this. So I, I do not for one minute uh underscore how much better it is already getting as I'm recording this. So what do the um you know I was gonna I'm I'm gonna go ahead and read from my my former not not my former we are image founders we founded image comics together I have nothing but respect for what Eric Larson uh, has shared. He, he is, uh, w- w- when he wants to drop some dimes, he drops some really good dimes. And he dropped this right before Thanksgiving. And I'm going to read it to you. He posted this on Facebook. He says, here's the thing about AI art. People are angry at the very idea and understandably so. It has to, it has potential to adversely affect the livelihood of a lot of creative people. Again, this is Eric Larson writing in November of 2022. You can't afford, you can't afford to hire Alex Ross. Well, how about 
a, f- <clears throat> a fake Alex Ross that will do whatever you tell it to do. And if fake Alex Ross is out there making comics, what becomes of the real Alex Ross? Does this harm his career? Does he become watered down by imitators? Is the real Alex replaced by a fake one every time he turns down a job? I, <clears throat> again, Eric Larson then says, I see a lawsuit down the road and it's going to get really ugly. And while the aspect is frightening, I have to admit, if there were monthly comics which look like Jack Kirby drew them, I would be all over those. And then there's this. Aspiring writers have had a problem finding artists to illustrate their amateurish efforts since the dawn of medium. Again, these words are Eric's. AI will allow more people into the tent and let those writers who could never find an artist to still make comics. It has the potential to expand the talent pool by letting those unable to make comics be able to make comics. And is this all... That different from the advent of computer lettering, which put dozens of hand letterers out of work. Why was that okay? But this is a crime against humanity. I suspect the vast majority of audience doesn't care as long as the end result is good. Few people really take a moral stance when push comes to shove. Thousands of people who made practical special effects in movies lost their livelihoods with the advent of CGI effects. But we all didn't stop going to the movies in protest. The crack is going to be when artists you know uses AI to draw backgrounds for a project or assist them in some way. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. If it hasn't happened already, and then what? Is a comic book with AI backgrounds but hand-drawn lead characters going to be the tipping point? Where do we draw the line? People are very angry about this, and I don't want to appear as though I'm taking sides with AI, but the harsh reality is that the bulk of the audience won't notice and won't care. Comic book creation is all magic to them anyway, something to chew on while you're enjoying your Thanksgiving. That is. Eric Larson, November 2022. I think he brings up a lot of points and it he he brings up a lot of the issues to come. There, there, there will no doubt be some sort of lawsuit. One of these big giant musicians is going to initiate a big giant multi-million dollar uh, lawsuit that will then lay the groundwork for everything to follow. Because once a template's been there, you're going to be able to run to you know the law firm of Tom, Dick, and Harry, and Tom, Dick, and Harry will be like, yeah, we'll just follow this template, and off, off to the races we go. Because somebody way high up is going to get the very best uh, argument against these. And who knows? Maybe some of the artists that I've already mentioned in regards to the comic books are talking. You say, Rob, are you, are you personally worried? I'm not. I'm, I'm too old, and I'm too stubborn, and I feel like I'll be able to continue to do my thing. But here's the point about AI. As, 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 as we could continue on this for another hour, I have introduced the topic on the table of, of artificial intelligence art. We've discussed it in music. We've discussed it in film with the deep fakes. Uh, the deep fakes are going to be problematic going forward, much more so than they are now, because they are only going to get better. The AI art, the storytelling. So while computers are innovating, man is the most innovative. We have created the computers that now threaten us. We have created the rockets that we shoot into space. We have created the cars that we drive. We have created the stories that we love in cinemas. And we, my peers, we create comic books and comic book art. The biggest example of why I believe that uh, AI art is, is, has yet to just completely floor me is the evolution of the artist himself. Now, I'll tell you, was Jack Kirby drawing the best that he that he had ever drawn between 19 sorry between age 45 and age 60 i believe he did he grew he 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 uh he evolved his work continued to get better that happens with most artists that i love 
There is an artist named Bernie Wrightson, and this is this is the artist that I really want to end this entire discussion on. Bernie Wrightson uh, came to immediate favor among fans due to the incredibly detailed, incredibly rendered art that he created. Burst on the scene, immediately captured people's attention. the The first high point of his career was the work that he was doing on Swamp Thing for DC Comics, alongside Len Wein. And the imagery you could immediately see, especially back then, if you were that studied, you would see the influence of someone like a Frank Frazetta in Bernie Wrightson. He had taken from a source, much the way a computer takes from a source. Bernie took from Frank Frazetta what he liked about Frank Frazetta or what he could pull off from Frank Frazetta and incorporated it into his own drawings, his own compositions. I see a lot in early Bernie Wrightson, compositionally, Frank Frazetta. I see a lot of figure work that is from Frank Frazetta. Among others, he had a lot of influences. But fast forward uh, to later in his career where he decided to do a series of uh, a book that had a series of Frankenstein illustrations, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with Dr. Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. And if you go ahead and you Google some of those images, those plates, you will see among the most impressive illustrations that your eyes will have ever behold, beheld in your entire lifetime. The brilliant illustrations that Bernie Wrightson conceived of, there, there is, uh, in each one of these, whether it's all of the blades of grass with the monster, you know, crouched at the top of the hill, and 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 the and the tree blowing, billowing in the wind above him, and all of the different leaves and every single blade of grass, grass, or Doctor Frankenstein's laboratory, upon which every single shelf he has carefully illustrated books and and uh and and glass cups and and instruments the 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 careful rendering of the specific type of wood that different differentiates the table wood from the bookshelf wood the shadows the light coming in specifically the way that he cho- chose to render that was innovative now you're like but rob he took that from franklin booth he did franklin booth is another person that uh, Bernie Wrightson was looking at. Franklin Booth had a style that uh, Bernie had not yet dipped into, but you could see where he was kind of winding up the pitch on his earlier work, on his Swamp Thing stuff. And then he went full Booth, full Booth, full Franklin Booth uh, influence on this Mary Shelley's Frankenstein work, where the individual rendering and the weaving of each and every line there are very few solid blacks. Each shadow has a different depth because he drew the lines either closer together or farther apart, apart or both Wrightson, I'm speaking of Wrightson right now, but it's influenced by techniques that were uh, really popularized and stylized in, 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 the, in the way that we would come to know them by Franklin Booth. It, it's almost like it's wood carving. It, 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 it's a style of, of uh, the, the lines coming together, being stacked very, very, very tightly or then separated or starting off being stacked tightly and then separating with, with, with towards the middle and then closing in and, and tighter together. It, it is a very delicate way to weave the pen, the crow quill, the brush, all of the tools that Bernie Wrightson used in creating his 
masterwork, which was the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the close-ups on the monster's face, the gestures, the lighting, but absolutely I am speaking of the technique. He perfected a technique that he took from an artist named Franklin Booth, who truly, uh, you know, redefined in, 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 in his heyday, 30s and 40s, ni- the 1930s and 40s, uh, an illustration style that, that did resemble some wood engravings. And he pulled it off with pen and ink. This is Franklin Booth. Uh, he was an incredible draftsman, but his very unique inking style was, uh, was what, and, 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 and hyper detail that he incorporated was now taken to another level, in my opinion, and Minnie's, uh, by, by Bernie Wrightson in his Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And you could see he took what Booth did, which was a little more, I, I would say the difference between the two is the, the, the lines that Franklin Booth had been laying down were more static. They were, uh, they looked like a pen that was very statically going back and forth to create the different elements uh, in, in his work, whether it's the background. He would literally, Franklin Booth would literally render the entire shit out of a cloud. Okay, a cloud. I'm talking a cloud. Much less a tree, trunk, the, the, the wood of the tree, the branches, the leaves, the blades of grass. Again, going back to the most, probably the most classic of the Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein images where he has actually got Dr. Frankenstein in his grasp. And you go throughout again um, all of the different flasks, and there's a bucket. There's 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 uh, vials. All, all of the different. Uh, I mean, there's cobwebs up up here in the rafters. But the way that Bernie illustrated and rendered, and the cross hatching, and the very careful manipulation of lines that literally must have taken him hours upon hours, and 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 taking that Franklin Booth influence. So not unlike. A computer and what Eric Larson is saying in his Facebook uh, statement that I read to you is like, look, you know, people, he's saying AI is taking from different artists. Well, artists have been taking from their artists since the beginning of time. I've told you, uh, and I believe there's a dedicated episode about sourcing and that you can easily source every single artist. When Art Adams, early Art Adams, whom I love, and I've detailed this in a dedicated Art Adams podcast uh, in season one of, of this show. He burst on the scene and he had completely synthesized the styles of Michael Golden, of Walt Simonson, and Mike Kaluta. Almost every single one of Arthur's faces were based on Mike Kaluta women. And there is a Madam X uh, comic book that DC did, and those faces on those covers are found multiple times in Art's early work. He was looking at those faces. Those are the faces that he wanted to emulate, and he did so. Is he AI? No, he's a flesh human being flesh touched him talked to him he's a known quantity his figure work and some of his rendering and some of his men's faces were in the Walt Simonson category he who had done an incredible amount of work up until that point on Thor he had done Hercules which we've covered here he had done some metal men he had done Battlestar Galactica Star Wars and uh he had done a graphic novel called I believe the Star Slammers Walt Simonson did there was plenty of data of Walt Simonson for art to synthesize, and he did. And then there was 
the Michael Golden, which again speaks to more of the way people were, the faces, the drawings of the faces, uh, also some of the women, also some of the men, but he synthesized. And when I looked at his work, everything I liked about Walt Simonson, Michael Golden, and Mike Kaluta was all staring back at me in Art Adams. What Art Adams did that was very unique to himself that guys like myself simulated was, and I've talked about, he had very short, people had very short chunks that, uh, excuse me, trunks, trunks, their waists, and very long thighs, long calves, ankles, and, and semi-tiny feet. He had slightly, the heads were, in many cases, pinheads, not fully sized heads. They were slightly smaller to exaggerate the size of the body. He had very pronounced forearms, almost a size smaller than Popeye, but it was a stylistic uh, approach that Art Adams brought to his art that guys like me, we gobbled up. And we were not AI. We are not computers, but we were taking influences. Now, the, the, the stuff that, that's happening with artificial intelligence and computer art is unfair with in the fact that it can do it so fast and it can make it complete so fast, you're not going to compete with that speed. But I looked to Bernie Wrightson, the work that he did on in his entire career, looking at another incredible talent, Franklin Booth, incorporating what Franklin did and making it his own. That speaks to innovation. Most people still can't pull off what Bernie Wrightson did in his Frankenstein adaptation. And if you've never seen it, go look at it right now. The images are on the internet. Just get a first glimpse. If you can get a hard copy, get one of those. But it is the spirit of someone like a Bernie Wrightson. It is the spirit of someone that he was influenced by, Franklin Booth, that, that again, I look to man and man's innovation and the brain. And Bernie sought out this next level rendering and said, how do I take this and then take it to the next level? And he did that. And all the computer can do at this point is imitate that. There is a competitiveness that the human artist has, whether it's music, film, art. and we measure ourselves against other influences that the, that the computer can't anticipate. They can only react to after we do it ourselves and then simulate it into their program and spit out these waxy, shiny versions of Alex Ross and Art Germ art. And again, some of it is very impressive. And to wrap up what I said at the beginning about politicians having to deny images that are out there. Well, when uh, former President Trump was being, uh, the, the news that he was going to be arrested uh, broke, and this is not political, this speaks to art, happened a couple weeks back. Someone very, someone very good with their artificial intelligence art depicted him being arrested by cops and uh, in the middle of the streets of Manhattan. And they put protesters, they put the fencing. These images looked real. In fact, the news organizations had to, I watched the Today Show and Good Morning America and the, and the mainstream uh, press who had to put out these are not real images. People had already been fooled. There were people passing them along as because they believed they were true. They believed they were real. So the, the present danger, the danger, it's right now, it is a present danger of using AI to generate images. And, and I'm telling you, the deep fake videos are going to go there as well. Stuff that will then have to be told, this is not real. This is fake. People were passing those arrest videos of the former president because they believed it was happening. Many were really enjoying the images as if they believed he was stumbling in the middle of the streets and the cops were gathering around him. And, and, and in some of them looked like he was, they were handling him very roughly. That, that was, those were images that people really liked. They were also images that disturbed people. You get both sides here, but the bottom line is they're fake. They're fake images. They were created by someone on their mid journey who used a prompt, used that prompt to create that image that then fooled a whole bunch of people. It's going to happen with deep fake videos as well. 
in a way that will probably maybe finally get some legislation and it's going to be tough. But like in Eric Larson's Facebook post, he said, there's going to be lawsuits. It's going to get ugly. Maybe some of those are about to be filed today. I don't know. With this Drake and this weekend song, again, we are we are hitting tip of the iceberg. We are hitting turning points. There's going to be turning points along the way. But I believe in human invention. I believe in the human artist. I believe in Bernie Wrightson's, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I believe in Franklin Booth. Men who back in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 60s, the 70s, were innovating in ways that artists struggle to keep up with today because the human spirit and the art form that lives inside of man, women, mankind, so men and women, not just men, that lives in all of us, is to me the true, the truest and the most formidable factor that we have to account for. So yes, artificial intelligence, artificial art, it's here. It is knocking on our door. It has arrived. It is sitting at the table. Some people are making products using it. I can't, again, imagine the satisfaction, like Eric said, of somebody who who can't find anybody to collaborate with, but is using art to generate their stories. Hey, you know what? You have my sympathy um, because I, I, I don't come at you condemning you. I don't. I understand it. I get it. You've now found a collaborator on your iPhone that will give you exactly what you want. I can't imagine the power that is inside of this. For me, I will continue to toil on my paper with my tools because that is what I enjoy doing the most. This is probably the first in a series that we will come back and keep revisiting. But again, um, I haven't seen a computer show me something the way that Bernie Wrightson's work floored all of the art form. Everybody was, whoa, how did he do this? What time did he put into this? Look at this innovation. Look at this illustration. Look at this mastery of not just figures, but details, atmosphere. That was created by a man. That was innovated by a man. I still believe in the art of, of, of humans above AI, although AI is absolutely breathing down our neck and, uh, and is going to continue to evolve. And there is so much yet to discuss, but that is, that is, uh, as much as I wanted to put on the table, we had to set the table. We have set the table. Deep fakes, AI music, AI art, it's here to stay. It's all how we react to it and, uh, and, and, our, and our different viewpoints to it, which are obviously going to be very wildly varied depending on where you sit. I'm sure the view from Alex Ross' table is not one where he is smiling at this point because I believe guys like him are the ones being the most compromised. Have I seen Rob Liefeld AI art? I have. It has entertained me. Um, more to come. We will continue to discuss this uh, topic in the future, but wanted to pull it out of the drawer and, 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 and get it out on the table and give it some oxygen and discuss it as we have here today. So as we wrap up, I know you're thinking, no, no, Rob, Rob, the computers can do it. They can't. They, they, can, they, they can absolutely do it, Rob. They, they're, they're not impressed by Bernie Wrightson. Okay, they're not in, 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 impressed by Booth. I'm telling you, I'm betting on man's innovation. It is our creativity, our spirit, our desire to push the boundaries. Yes, the computers can learn. And yes, they can be cheap and cost you no money. That, that's another, the, as fast as they do it, you know, they're not charging you rates. So I get it. I get all of it. We've just put it under the lens today. I'm betting on, uh, on mankind. As always, so I know you're like, no, no, they, they can, they can, they can, they can learn. The innovators have been with mankind, and I'm betting on them. So, hey, thank you 
for listening to the show as always. Today, a little pivot. Uh, in, 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 uh, instead of a review, I usually read them here at the end of the show. I thank you so much when you leave, uh, leave reviews for me all over different platforms. I read them at the end of every show. But today, I need to remind you, uh, for years, you have been asking me, many of you who actually collect comics, so this may only be speaking to a certain uh, listener, but many of you who collect com- comics want your comic books graded by CGC, the number one grading company for comic books in the world. And they get that CGC told me they get books from Alaska, from Hong Kong, from Canada, from France, from Germany. They, they have a global clientele. And here's the thing. I'm not going to any of those places to sign comics at this point in my life and, and probably not anytime soon. I, I, I've, I've always kind of been a, a bit of a hermit crab and I have uh, doubled down on more hermity, crabby behavior uh, in, in terms of staying in my little nook in my cave. And I will not be getting out as much as I did before. I'm, I'm not doing any conventions as a guest uh, in all of 2023. Nothing set for 2024. Uh, if you would like for me to sign your book, go to CGC, uh, go to their news section, click on the Rob Liefeld private in-house signing that they're offering. Uh, there is a menu that you can uh, get a, a Liefeld label, a deluxe Liefeld label uh, on your book. Offered for the very first time. I'm doing this for the very first time. I am doing a CGC private in-house signing for the first time ever. And I would like you right now to at least be aware of it so that if you want to send your books, your key books, maybe it's New Mutants 98, New Mutants 87, maybe it's Youngblood number one, maybe it's Hawk and Dove, maybe it's Captain America, maybe it's the Avengers, maybe it's Snake Eyes, maybe it's Major X. I have done so many comics, so many to choose from, and everybody has a different favorite on all the different platforms since this was announced about a week ago. People have been sharing with me what they're sending, and it's very exciting to see. Some people want to send in my very first job that I ever did, my first penciling work. I mean, Everybody uh, has different tastes, different interests, different priorities. CGC is offering this. I'm going to be flying to Florida. That is where I absolutely will be going to sign all the books that come in from you guys. Uh, The specialty options are closed for now. There is a thing called a chisel option. There There was a sketch and a remark option. Those are gone, but the label and the standard regular signature uh, are available through CGC. Go to their website. And look up the uh, news section where they have the news about Rob Liefeld's uh, first in-house private signing and, and, and look at the options and, and get your book in, uh, get it, fill out the forms and get it underway. So there, there's my big promo. I have never done one of these before. Most people in the business are on their third or fourth CGC signings. This is my first ever. I'm so excited. I can't wait to go in the summer and uh, sign all these books. And we'll have more on on anything else as as things change if we add um, more menu options. But there you go. Hey, I am all over social media on Twitter. I am at Robert Liefeld. Still have the suspect blue check while it lasts. It may it may vanish any day, but that's the uh, verification that that's really me at Robert Liefeld. R O B E R T L I E F E L D. That's me. I am loving talking with you. The DMs, the replies, all the different back and forth that we have on Twitter. Thank you for following me at Robert Liefeld on Twitter. On Instagram, my photo dump of my life. What am I drawing? What am I eating? Where am I hanging out with my family? I I, I share it all. My kids call it cringe. I want you to join the cringe. Join my Instagram account. Uh, My dog, uh, my stories are, are, it's all just a big giant calamitous mess because I don't proceed to know how to run a, a positive social media platform, but I am Rob Liefeld on Instagram, just straight up Rob Liefeld, another uh, blue check who knows how long it'll last, but that verifies it's really me. Again, I love your comments, your um, the, the, the back and forth that we have. 
the, the discussions, the DMs. Thank you so much for reaching out and talking to me over on Instagram. Look forward to uh, hearing from you there. Rob Liefeld on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, I have a group, Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. I like just hitting that higher octave. Marvel, I'm sorry, Rob, <laughs> Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. You got to have a sound of me flying away. That is the Facebook group, Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. We continue the discussions that we start here. We have all manner of different uh, uh, uh you know, topics that we discuss. Literally, it's a very lively group, great people. Uh, either myself or a gentleman named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A, will click you on through if you submit to join the group. It's a group, not a page. Rob Liefeld, Marvel, Extreme and Beyond on Facebook. Look for it. Uh, join us. We look forward uh, to you joining us over there. Very, very exciting. There is an app. It's called Whatnot. I'm on it. Follow me at Rob Liefeld, Whatnot. You buy comics. Uh, they, they, they share comics, toys, uh, Funko Pops, uh, Magic the Gathering cards, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, sports, sports gear, memorabilia, jerseys, kicks. It, they, they got everything. Watches, high-end watches. Whatnot is where it's happening. I am Rob Liefeld. I uh, have Whatnot shows. If you follow me, Rob Liefeld, over on Whatnot, you'll get an alert when I go live with the show. I generally schedule them Wednesdays now, and we're moving to Fridays. We're moving off of Saturdays. Uh, honestly, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, those are the jump balls. Those are where you're likely most going to see me. I talk right into the live stream for two hours, for three hours. It is me sharing with you signed comics, signed art, signed Funko Pops, signed toys, and anything else we can throw into the show. We love it. I love seeing you. I love following uh, your, your comments through the duration of the show. Many people have said it is an absolute extension of this very podcast. I would um, argue that it is a little messier, little, 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 little more raw, but I look forward to you getting the whatnot app, downloading it and following me, Rob Liefeld, to get notified when my shows go live and I have uh, custom signatures, remarks, sketches, all that stuff. Look, for, uh, I will look for you over on whatnot. At the end of every show, at the end of every single show, I wish you all the very best. And in a nutshell, I hope you eat chocolate and cake and and Doritos, Cool Ranch, Nacho. I, I don't care. Both are delicious. Maybe one one of each simultaneously or both simultaneously, right? Uh, look, pasta, pizza, hamburgers, hot dogs, sausages, bratwursts, steaks, lobster. Just have a good meal and 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 read a good comic. Stream a great show. Uh, more power to you. I am rooting for you. You gotta, you gotta hit the brakes sometimes. You gotta pivot away and entertain yourself and rejuvenate yourself with art. And maybe some of you are gonna do it with AI art. You just never know. I wish you all the best. I'm rooting for you emotionally, spiritually, physically, and mentally. I am, I am cheering you on. Hey, come back around. I'm gonna be here, hoping to hook up with you another time because we most certainly, absolutely, inevitably, will talk again real soon. <laughs>